Right, good morning. It's Parashat Kitisa this week. We focused earlier in the week on Pesukim uh, with regards to when Moshe comes down from the mountain, is on his way to see Am Yisrael, and he turns to Yehoshua first, and they have a conversation about what they hear from a distance. Right before those Pesukim, though, very notably, the Torah in two Pesukim describes the Luchot. So again, understand the context. Moshe has been told that Am Yisrael has sinned, a grave sin. They've built a golden calf. And Moshe is on his way to see them. The stop, the pause to talk with Yehoshua, we talked about its significance. But why is it that in context, the Torah speaks about the Luchot now? Shouldn't the description of the Luchot have been earlier? In truth, there was a certain description earlier. But over here, the Torah says, Vayifen vayered Moshe minahar Moshe descends, he comes down from the mountain, and he's holding the two tablets. At this point, again, we could have, in the simple sense, paused and gotten on the conversation with Yahushua and then the encounter with the people. But instead, the Pesukim, in an almost poetic fashion, described those Luchot. Luchot ketubim Ibrahim. Those Luchot were written and chiseled on both sides, according to the rabbi's understanding of this. That it was miraculously done, that you could read them in the same way on both sides, something only HaKadosh Baruch Hu could cause and bring about. Luchot were the craftsmanship of God. She has an interpretation, but simple interpretation is as such. The description in these two sentences, in these two pesukim, is a little bit out of place. We're in the moment of trepidation, of suspense. Moshe is on his way to encounter the people. They've sinned. He's going to deal with them. A pause for a second. Let me tell you, almost a footnote, what those luchot were like. Let me tell you about their characteristics. Why is it that the Torah presents it to, to us like this? I would suggest quite simply that the explanation to this a segment in the Torah goes as follows. You see, Bnei Israel, the people in Am Yisrael, had sinned, and they sinned, and their reason is made clear. They don't know what happened to Moshe. They were used to exposure, revelation, Har Sinai. Everything was given to them in a simple, straightforward fashion. As a result, my words, their relationship was a cheap one. Their understanding of God was direct. Sure, they understood a lot, but did they have to sweat for it? Did they have to strain their eyes? Everything was given to them, everything was provided. That's what caused their sin. When we live lives that are cheap, lacking any depth, in moments where we have uncertainty, we panic. Unless we condition ourselves to think deeper, to understand matters on a deeper level, we won't know how to deal with difficult, unexpected circumstances. That's what happened to B'nai Israel here. Let me give you a mashal. I once read the following. It was uh, in the name of Rab Velvel Salavechik. He was known as the Briskorov. He was asked why his writings, when he quotes his father, Rabbi Chaim Salavechik, the famous Rabbi Salavechik, who changed the, the method of Talmud study forevermore some hundred years ago, a little bit more, uh, he writes it very differently than some of the great students of his father, uh, someone like, his name was Rabbi Baruch Ber Leibovitz in his book, Birkat Shemuel. says, when I read your, the person questioned him, said, when I read your writing, your father's words are presented very clearly, straightforward and direct. When I read some of the other students, it feels a little bit more convoluted. There's 
dare I say, and I think this is the way it was asked, it's a little bit more background, a little bit more depth to your father's words. What's the difference? They asked the son of Rabbi Chaim Salvechik. And he said, I'll tell you, and I feel bad about this. He said, after my father would teach him, he would teach in a terse and straightforward fashion, but it wasn't always clear what he meant. And we'd walk away from the class, and Rabbi Leibowitz and the other students would spend the next few hours, maybe days, trying to figure out what did my father mean. They'd look into the sugyad, they'd look into the sources, the rishonim, and try to, racking their brain, understand what it meant. They came out with a depth of understanding what my father meant. He said, me, my father would go into the side room, and I'd knock on the door and say, Dad, can I ask you something? What did you mean in the class? He'd give it to me directly. The depth was missing, though. And as a result, my appreciation, and he had an appreciation of his father's words, was altogether different than that of the other students. Again, now back to B'nai Yisrael. Am Yisrael in this moment. Har Sinai, everything revealed, exposed, direct to them. And now Moshe is off the scene. Now we don't see God. There's no fireworks any longer. The kol shofar, I can't hear it any longer. The kolotu birakim of ma'amad har sinai, the, lot, the thunder, the lightning. Oh, where is all that? Wow, where'd God go? Now if we had a little bit of depth, if we, to begin with, had a more of a struggle, we'd be able to contend with such a situation. Because it was, so to speak, so easy, we didn't know how to handle it. The Pesukim, therefore, in this week's parashat, described before Moshe breaking the Luhot, understand, quote, unquote, the problem with these Luhot. These Luhot were Ma'aseh Elohim. They were the craftsmanship of God. You looked at them. The Gemara in Masechet Eruvin and Daf Nundalit mysteriously describes. You looked at them and you didn't forget any Torah. It was handed to you. Silver spoon put in your mouth as a little child. That's a problem for these people. That's a problem for any person. If we believe and lead lives where Torah or anything significant is easy, it is just give me the inspiration and make it simple. It'll change my life just through its simplicity. Sometimes that's appropriate. But when our lives become simple and too straightforward, without anything that is expected of us in trying to achieve we don't know how to actually deal with life in the situations that are, quite simply, not so simple. That's why the Pesukim paused and described the problem with these Luchot. Can you imagine? The problem was that they were too godly. They were handed to us as, so to speak, a physical representation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's not okay. We need the struggle. We need the difficulty. After all, that's why we sinned. Truth is, that Midrash is always, uh, in my mind, uh, pitted up against the Midrash which Rashi cites in the very last statement on the Torah. You see, the last Pasuk in the Torah talks about the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu. All the feats and amazing things that he did. To the eyes of all Yisrael. Rashi, quoting from the Gemara, says, What is it that was the greatness of Moshe that he did? That he had the strength, the courage to break the Luhot. He cites the Gemara, At the very beginning, Moshe was praised for breaking those tablets. One second. One second. We said, you wouldn't forget anything. You looked at those luchot. What's the greatness of breaking them? Because that, ironically, is not okay for us. The saving grace for us, ironically, and we don't think it, is when we have difficulty. 
is when we have to strive. Yeah, is when we have, we to, have to seek. We find depth in existence, in life, in relationship with others, certainly with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, <laughs> when it's not direct and easy. The Luhot, which you could read on either of the two sides, the Luhot, which were Ma'aseh Elohim, the Luhot, which were handed over to us, were ironically what brought our sin. Moshe understood as a result they need to be broken. The truth is we have Purim coming up uh, somewhat quickly and there is a Gemara in Masech Megillah and Tetvav. That's Doresh from this Pasuk, something interesting related to Megillah. Uh, so the Pasuk says that they were written Mizeh umizehem Ketubim. Now there are words in Megillah that are similar to that and they are Close. Esther sends through a man named Hatach to Mordechai to find out, Mordechai, I heard you look like a madman. I heard you tore your clothing and you have ash on your head. And she wants to know, Lada'at Mazeh Ve'al Mazeh. Mizeh Umizeh says, the Gemara says, Bitzhak in Megillah of Tetvav. You should know what Esther was, you familiar with this in the Hulk? This is understand what Esther was sending to Mordechai. She was sending to him, have Am Yisrael, have the Yehudim been transgressing the Torah? Is that what's happening? Is that why you're mourning? Is that why there's a decree? It's an interesting, fascinating dirasha. Uh, why is it then? I just uh, added layer of depth to it. I mean, the question, and this, I'm asking a question on the dirasha, on the, but here's how it goes. It could have been, I don't know, some other allusion to the whole Torah. It's specifically this pasuk, the aseret de berot, which were written on the luchot, have they transgressed the whole Torah mentioned by the luchot? What does it be? It's hak maybe have ironically, as his deeper understanding of his, under, of his explanation of this situation, I would suggest as follows. Listen to the continued dialogue between Esther and Mordechai. Mordechai sends to Esther, don't think, don't think, don't imagine to yourself that you'll avoid this situation. If you don't get involved, I understand, Esther, you need to step up to the plate. Esther doesn't suffice with her mission. Esther then turns to Mordechai through Hatach and says, Lech, kenoset kol Yehudim, gather everyone. Tell them, let them for three days and three nights be involved in my mission. Do you understand? The same way that Moshe in this moment understood, if we're not engaged, if it's just presented to us, done by God, and we're the spectators, will fail. So to Esther, in this moment, by alluding to the Luhot, she says, this is going to be a failed situation like the Luhot. This is going to be the people assume Esther, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, will save us. Everybody needs to be involved. They need to feel it. They need to struggle with this. It's not easy to hear. We don't want to live lives of struggle, and we shouldn't. But we do need to realize that if we're going to achieve anything of a depth in our understanding of Torah, in our relationships with one another, in our relationships with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there needs to be a struggle, a difficulty, an understanding that I'm seeking more. The Gemara as presented to me is not enough. I need to understand what, what underlies that. The Pasuk is not sufficient just with a story connected to it. What's the depth of that? How does that affect me? How, does that interp how could that be interpreted vis-a-vis -vis and in light of something else I know? 
if we suffice and if we pause with the simple interpretations, ironically and sadly, will oftentimes fall prey to our own Because for Am Yisrael in this moment, as the Pesukim described to us, leading up to Moshe's shattering of the Luchot, these Luchot, dare I say it, were too easily presented to them. They saw, they felt God too manifested. That was their downfall. In truth, Concluding with this, Ramchal famously, Rabbi Moshe Haim Lotzato, in two places writes about existence as human beings in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He says, why is it if God is the source of all good that he created us with deficiencies? Why create a world with difficulties? Why not give us everything we need and provide us with the direction, the skills, the abilities to go further. The answer says, Ramchal, quoting from Talmud Yerushalmi, as if it were so, we would be living a life of Nahamad the Kisufa, of bread of shame. What's bread of shame? It's just given to us. What he means, underlying that, the depth of that is, we would have no depth. If I give you bread, even though you haven't paid for it, even though you haven't worked for it, you haven't really achieved anything. You don't understand the bread. You don't actually have a gratitude. You don't understand where it came from. You don't understand what it is. And as a result, in a situation where there is no bread coming from me, okay. well, you won't know how to deal with it. You'll have your own mashber, your own crisis of cheta egel. Parashat Kitisa then presents for each of us the direction through our own, for our own growth. If you're going to grow, understand that as difficult and as unnerving as it will feel, jumping into the deeper waters, it's absolutely necessary for your growth. If you think you're going to grow through just wading in the shallow waters of the pool, you are, are, you, you are mistaken. You're going to hit your own heta egel, unfortunately. If you begin with the swimmies on, you're moving a little bit further in. But if you're seeking something more, if you're searching for the depth inherent in what it means to grow, you have to understand just remembering the Torah just like that is not sufficient. Breaking those luchot and searching for the way to recraft them, to find them in Torah Shabbat in my own experience and understanding of this world, my relationship with God, with Torah, and with anything and everything I come encountered, I come in, in contact with. That is the lesson of Moshe by shattering those luchot. That's the underwritten message of the Torah telling us those godly luchot needed to be broken in order to build a depth of connection. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.